morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. It's 6.37. If I haven't said good morning to you before, I have now. Good to have you here on This Morning with Jalen and Daryl. Jalen is on vacation for the rest of the week. She'll be back after the long weekend. There are some changes coming that you may see through your social media, or actually it would be more of a matter of no longer seeing. Uh, so, for example, uh, Global National's uh, Mercedes Stevenson, who, you know, once, once the West Block starts up again in the fall, we'll be talking with her again each and every Friday. But she put out something on her Instagram yesterday that just reminded me of some changes. She said, starting today and over the next month, Meta and Facebook will be removing news links and no longer allowing Canadians to share links to Canadian news stories. Uh, Some of the other uh, major news organizations also sending out notes about that as well. It's all because of a federal law and then a battle that has been going on between Facebook, Meta, uh, Google, for example. And it may, so what does it mean for your feed and what you can and can't see? Can you share some of these links? I wanted to check in with somebody, and I've talked to him before. That's why we wanted to talk to him again, because he's a, a law professor at the University of Ottawa, Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law, which is right in the wheelhouse of this particular issue. Dr. Michael Geist is joining us uh, from Ottawa this morning. Good day, sir. How are you? No, good morning. Well, it is summertime, so I'm assuming you're in Ottawa. I am in Ottawa, okay. yeah. um, A little background, if you can just hit us with the Coles notes of the bill, uh, what the issue is, and how we got to this point. Sure. So, you know, the government was was lobbied, frankly, by the media sector, recognizing there's been challenges, and came up with this legislation that rather than, rather than adopting, say, mandated contributions for a fund or taxing the big tech companies it instead settled on an approach somewhat similar to what you found what we found in Australia though I would say times have changed in which there would be a mandated payments for link system if you linked to news content and you were a large internet company actually really only two internet companies meta and Google and you had those links to news stories you'd be required to negotiate deals with the underlying news sources the hitch was that first off mandated payments for links links that are posted typically by by the news publishers themselves and refer traffic back to the publishers, uh, it's an odd thing to say that you now have to pay for the privilege of sending traffic back to those sites. But beyond that, the way the law is structured is that if you don't link to that content, well, then you're not caught by the law. And the companies warned really from day one that if this law passed, if they went to this process of mandated payments for links, they would take the step of simply stopping to link. And that's precisely what's happening. So they could still mention, could they still mention the the basics of the story and uh, say this is what they're reporting? And I guess if you want to see it, you can go to their own website. Could, would they still do that? Or it doesn't sound like uh, Meta or Instagram or Google would even bother with that. Well, well, first off, there's not a they there, right? I mean, in the case of Facebook, it's users themselves that are posting things. Uh, and as I say, in the case of news, it's very often the publishers that are doing the posting. Uh, the government's been pretty clear that the legislation would not ap- would not apply simply to speaking about the news. No. So people can certainly still talk about the news. They're not in the business of, of censoring discussion in, on this kind of content. What they are doing is that they do flag where there are links to news organizations and those links and posts that include those links will be blocked. And I should note that 
it. Mm. From a Canadian perspective, because of the way the government structured the law, it's true, yes, that Canadian news organizations won't be able to post content that Canadians can see. But we should note first that people outside of Canada will be able to see that Canadian content. But Canadians will not be able to see not only Canadian content, but foreign news content as well. All of it won't appear on their feeds. Uh, there are a couple things at issue here. Let's deal with this first one. Is this uh, is does this boil down to being uh, almost a game of chicken? So the idea was uh, to try and support local media, support the jobs that they do, support the work they do, and not allow uh, you know other companies to profit off their content, all the work that they have done, uh, without sharing something. So I get that, but uh, I mean the the different news organizations use these social media formats to promote their own material to. Share share that material and to inform the public. So I can see that Facebook and Meta are big enough that they can just go, yeah, well, we won't do it. But it seems like it will hurt the news organizations more. It's absolutely going to hurt the news organizations more. This is going to be devastating to them. They're losing not just the value of the links, which some have estimated into the hundreds of millions of dollars, but deals that the companies did have with news organizations are going to be canceled, and the legislation just isn't going to generate any revenue at all from a company like Meta because it doesn't apply to Meta given that they won't be linking. But we should be clear, Meta isn't using the content. They don't publish full text of news articles. Yeah. Publishers typically post links to their content. It drives the traffic back to the publishers, and that's what they say they want to be paid for. So it would seem that it's just flawed legislation. That's certainly what Facebook, Meta, and Google have been saying, that this is flawed legislation in the first place, and that's why they're they're taking the steps that they are. In your in your opinion, well, I, th- I think it's pretty clear. It's got to be flawed. It's certainly not doing what it's supposed to do. No, it's deeply flawed legislation, but this isn't just that it's flawed legislation. It's that I think, respectfully, the government's approach to this has been so flawed. They, they just kind of seem to assume that it was just a game of chicken, that somehow if they just pushed ahead with this, that somehow news was too valuable for a company like Meta to, to go without. Even though the company made clear, really, almost from the beginning, they said, listen, news is about 3% of users' feeds. It's highly substitutable. People send the, spend the same amount of time on the platform, whether clicking on a link or looking at photos. In fact, if anything, news is not what Facebook actually wants people to do. They want people to stay on that platform. Mm. When you click on a link, you leave the platform. This is not valuable content for that company. And the fact that the government failed to really recognize what was at play, have no plan B, and in many ways is now setting back its effort to support the Canadian media sector by years is really unconscionable. I'm left to wonder, because this is uh, supposed to go into effect, I believe, in five months, is that correct? Well, the officially? Laws already received, yeah, the law's already received royal assent. And so yeah. the government's saying, oh, you know, you, you, need, you should be talking to us about this. The time for that was when the law was being crafted. It's not now. Now, there are, so there is, the government does have scope to add some regulations. And so they'd like to see if they can use regulations to, to kind of limit some of the concerns that these companies have had. But it's pretty late in the day. And the approach that Meta has said is that, listen, you know, the fundamental premise of this legislation, mandated payments for links, is the problem. And no regulation is going to fix that. So there isn't really a whole lot to talk about. So, you know, when the government says, well, this is this may just be a block, they're looking to try to negotiate something better. It's a pretty weird negotiation when Facebook said Meta says, listen, we don't want to discuss this with you anymore. This is what you passed. This is how we told you we were going to respond. And so we're responding exactly as we told you we would. And we can do it for a long period of time and somebody else is going to get badly hurt by it economically. 
Well, there's no doubt they're going to be hurt by it. But let's let's be clear. You know, the, the law never even applied to many other sources of links. It doesn't apply to Twitter. It doesn't apply to Microsoft. It doesn't apply to Apple. I so don't understand a, why. A strange law in the way they crafted it from the why? Why is that? Why? Why it's just, is it just Facebook, Meta, Google, and not Twitter? Twitter is exactly the link machine. It's always been. I, I totally agree. And so when the government says this is all about value for links, that that argument falls apart when the sources that really are about links aren't even subject to the legislation. It only applies to what are described as um, as essentially digital news intermediaries, which have to have sort of a dominant position in the ad space for the purposes of negotiation and you know the government's made it clear that they only believe that there are two companies right now that that qualify in that regard just these two companies and neither of them will qualify if they don't link and so that's why we may find ourselves with a piece of legislation that doesn't apply to anybody doesn't raise any new revenues but does create significant harm in terms of the lost links on these platforms and the the canceled deals that were already worth millions of dollars. Uh, I don't know if this is outside your scope of expertise because it's a little bit of crystal ball sort of gazing. Is there any chance that the federal government completely steps back? Uh, I would think sometimes that there are egos and stubbornness and and saving face, etc. But it almost sounds like something that should just be scrapped and started all over again. What are the chances? I think... Yeah, I think that's right. But, you know, at least for the moment, there's a lot of what I think is pretty empty, tough talk, to be honest. And, you know, they they keep saying, well, we're not going to back down from big tech. I don't even know what that means at this stage. You know, if it means keeping the law in place, well, ultimately they are harming Canadian media, the very entities that they thought they were going to support. And they're harming individual Canadians because those that use these platforms to engage in news discovery and click on those links won't be able to do it. What's the old line? I know I'm a bit of a smart aleck, but hi, we're from the government. We're here to help. Off you go. Yeah, it feels a bit like that with this bill, for sure. Dr. Michael Geis, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate the uh, the clarification, the perspective. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, he's a law professor at the University of Ottawa, Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law, trying to unravel the ideas behind this. Uh, we're going to help you, but it'll probably end up killing you. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. We'll be back in a moment. So I Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. 649, thanks for being here with us. Uh, one of the things I had an, an issue with, with with this whole law was uh, whether it would reduce the conversations that we need to have around current events, around news. But I guess the one way around it is you can still talk about things that are going on. Uh, the news outlets, outlets can still talk about it, and then you can sort of uh, you know share that. There just can't be a link within it. But they can certainly give you the the website address if you want some more information. So it would just take an extra step. So you can still have the conversations. But it just uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem to, to make an awful lot of sense. Uh, a little earlier this morning, we were t- I was talking about uh, electricity rates, the fact that uh, electricity rates in Alberta are supposed to spike considerably, especially if you're on an RRO, if you're not locked in, uh, that you're going to end up paying a lot more for your electricity rates. So I was asking Chedville if there's any suggestions uh, where else to go. How hard is it? Because with a lot of these locked-in plans, if you want to try and take advantage of that, you also need to get a credit check for a locked-in in to get off the RRO and then have a locked in uh, a rate, you need to get a credit check. Uh, so I did get a note in this morning uh, from one of our listeners who said, I switched yesterday with direct energy and it took 15 minutes, no credit check or deposit. 
Uh, so that would seem to be pretty easy. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, they have different rates depending on if you put a deposit or not. So there are options. Maybe it is quicker. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to go down that route, especially if it only takes a short period of time. Sometimes we're lazy, right? We don't want to have to put in the effort. But I mean, for the amount of money that we're talking about, I'm going to put in the the darn effort, Uh, I think, at some point. So that's an option. There's direct energy. There are a bunch of others. I mentioned uh, Park Power out of Sherwood Park, then Epcor and Max. They all have programs to get you off the RRO. And then we'll see whether that uh, even lasts anyway down the road. Uh, As you may have heard in the newscast, there is some talk about uh, trying to, you know, revisit uh, the whole uh, regulated rate option idea and then having... Uh, there's a smaller group of people who end up paying a lot more to, to cover off uh, some of the, uh, not rebates, it was just a, a deferral of some of the power costs uh, from uh, previous years. Anyway, there's one option. Do you have any others, Chedville? I'd love to hear from you. 780-496-0063. What have you done? Has it worked out? It's been easy. Got another note in from uh, from AMFM who says, hey man, I locked in a long time ago when uh, the price was way down and I got it for five years, so I'm laughing. Oh, well, laughing. Uh, yeah, well done. I wasn't smart enough to lock in years ago when the rate was really low. Uh, also, a heads up that coming up uh, fairly soon in the next segment, we're going to have a chat with uh, Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee is going to join us. Uh, you may have heard about some of these these crime rates uh, that came out, national crime rates, where Edmonton stacks up for violent crime uh, compared to other places in the country. Those rates are up. Uh, you know, he has a lot to say about about the issues that that are facing Edmonton, how it compares to other cities in in the nation, but also what kind of solutions, what kind of things can be done in the short term to make people feel more comfortable. You've been hearing in in the news as well about the the incident that happened. In late July, July 29th, uh, a senior visiting from Chile getting attacked on uh, on the LRT system and not badly hurt, but certainly shaken up. You don't want to be attacked when you're out at a transit station. It's another example that adds to the reputation of the city and I think one that's being tarnished. So we'll talk with the police chief coming up in the next half hour.